Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Mobile Rolling and we are set for night two of the Tab Constellations on Saturday night at Albion Park. It's another massive program, ten races in total, plenty of stars stepping out at that meeting as well. And one of them, he's a newcomer to Queensland for 2021, Mick Stanley. He's a, str a no stranger to Queensland success and he's got a, a nice little team stepping out here on Saturday night, including Barroom Banter, Yolanta and Soho Broadway. So there's plenty to talk about as far as Mick is concerned. He joins us first up. Mick, appreciate the time. Yeah, morning, Chris. How are you, mate? Very well. You've arrived safely. Yeah, arrived safely. We've been here uh, four or five days and um, all the locals walking around in tracksuits and jumpers and I've got to put sunscreen on every day, so I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm loving it. <laughs> I, can, I can understand why uh, you're based near Ballarat, so it's bitterly cold down there right now. Yeah, it is. I said, um, I was talking to Dad uh, this morning, he's uh, at my property looking after the rest of the team uh, while I'm away and he said it was about minus two and and um, I, I said to him, I said, you know, when you you have to put the air conditioner on in the car to clear the windscreen when it rains like it did this morning? And um, he said, yeah, yeah. I said, well, we had to turn the air conditioner on, but not for the windscreen. We were too warm. So I uh, just rubbed it in, just rubbed it in a little bit there. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's not really, not that pleasant back home, that's for sure. I, I know the weather is a bonus up here. Another bonus for you on Saturday night, in particular with Barroom Banter, and we'll start with that runner of yours who goes around in race two, the South East Derby. You don't have to butt heads with Krug this weekend, so that's another bonus. Yeah, exactly. Look, not, not only Krug, cashed up, um, has been really impressive the last couple, so he misses this week as well. So, But in saying that, it's a, it's a talented lineup of uh, three-year-olds all the same. So um, it's not going to be a walk in the park, but... Um, He's, uh, you know, he was back into some good form after uh, being a little bit cooked first up um, at there at Bendigo, and he's travelled up really well and, and has a nice draw to uh, to kick off the campaign. Well, let's talk about the draw. Is that ideal, gate two? Yeah, for sure. He he's got uh, fantastic gate speed, um, so you know he'll be able to utilise that uh, that good barrier and and um, yeah, he's he's only had the two runs. Uh, probably in about five weeks. So it's, it's only going to be his third run in five weeks. So to have this uh, little lead-up before before the derby uh, next week and a good barrier, it, it works in with his preparation ideally. OK, so whatever he does this weekend, there's further improvement to come? Yeah, I think so, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, in saying that, you know, he, he's, he's quite wound up uh, anyway before we came. Um, you know, he, he's, his last run there at Bendigo, they've rated... Uh, 54 for the middle trip on a rainy night, so he, he's forward enough to to, uh, to you know to cop whatever comes his way. But um, yeah, it'll it'll definitely still tighten him up. Um, you know, the derby next week's 2680, so um, you know it, it'll still tighten him up a little bit and, and have him uh, rock hard for next week. How do you rate this guy, Mick? You've sat behind some really nice horses, but this guy's a proven Group One winner already. His record is fantastic. So. Where does he sit for you? Is he is he A grade material or is he just a rung below? No, no, he's definitely A grade material. Uh, Chris, he's um, you know he he's the best colt um, that I've that I've ever trained as far as as uh, you know juvenile. Um, obviously Soho Tribeca, I didn't um, 
get him until he was an older horse. So I, I won't rate him in, in that category. But as, as far as juvenile colts and goldings I've had, he, he's by far the best that I've had. Um, a lot of my better young horses have been fillies. Um, had some nice colts and goldings, but, yeah, he's by far the best. And um, he's, he's got exceptional, uh, exceptional speed, which will take him a long way. He's got a bit of presence about him, this guy, as well, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He, he's just a beautiful-looking looking horse, and um, it's a really, really laid-back, casual colt. So um, he's got the right attitude, and, um, you know, he's only, as you said, he's, he's only lightly raced. I think he's only had the 10 or 11 starts, and, um, you know, compared to, to years gone by, a lot of these three-year-olds would have had uh, 20, 25 starts uh, under the old um, season format that it used to be. So... Yeah, hopefully he's got everything ahead of him. But um, in saying that, he's already, you know, the fastest Australasian two-year-old that, that we've produced in this part of the world. So um, hopefully he can go on with it. OK. There's a few Victorians drawn off the front row with you. Better Call Me for Matty Craven, Bondi Lockdown, Aaron Dunn. How do you rate those guys? Yeah, they're really nice horses, lovely horses. Obviously, Bondi Lockdown is a... He's a Group 1 winner uh, already. Um, and then Matty's only had a few runs with his fella and, and yet to crack, uh, crack the victory, but um, ran some really good seconds. And uh, they're, they're, nice. they're really nice horses. Um, you know, I, I think uh, they've been racing... Uh, well, Bondi Lockdown sort of been racing the likes of, of other horses of mine back home in, in Drain the Swamp and Soho Bollinger. And, um, you know, they, they've sort of been running in the Group 1s uh, thus far, so um, I'm sure they'll acquit himself really well also. OK. Well, that's barroom banter. We'll move on to the South East Oaks, the following race, race three. Uh, you, you go from a good draw to a bad draw here. She's got the outside of the second row, gate 13 for Soho Broadway. A little disappointed, no doubt, with that barrier draw? Um, when I told Rob the barrier draw, he just laughed because um, this filly... It seemed to be the trend for her every time we get to a decent race, she draws outside of the back row. So it's um, nothing unusual for her. So, um, you know, the only positive we can take is hopefully that's the bad draw out of the road this week and not next week. But um, she's a lovely filly. She's probably uh, the run below the, the top echelon fillies back home in Tough Tilly and Ladies in Red and the like. But um, she's improving all the time. Um, you know, she, she beat the older mares two starts back and she was a little bit disappointing last start, but she pulled up a little bit crooked. Um, we just sort of had a bad week there, the same as Barra and Banner's first run. We just had a little virus run through the stable that week, and unfortunately she picked it up. But she's travelled up really well, and, and her work's been really sharp since uh, since that run. So um, although it's a terrible draw, I'm, I'm sure um, at some stage, whether it's winning or or running a place or running, running in the top half a dozen, she'll be hitting the line uh, strongly. Okay, and that's important as well because you won't find a better bred filly than Soho Broadway. Yeah, that's exactly right. Look, uh, as you said, she she's a better delight out of Pixel Perfect, which is that so Soho Tribeca sister, and um, you know she she's probably a filly that I think um, when when we look back uh, in twelve months' time, she might um, step up um, and be a better better older mare. She's getting better all the time, so um, I think whatever she does this season, uh, she'll improve on next year. One thing that stands out for her when you sort of start analysing her form, she looks like she's quick. She looks like she's got a bit of change-up speed. Yeah, she does. Uh, she, she's very she's very fast, um, gate speed or off a trail. So as um, 
you know, as you, you look at the barrier draws and sometimes you think they're bad, but if the race can be run the right way and, and there's a bit of speed up the top end uh, early um, and she gets a trail into it, she can definitely be dangerous with that speed, like you said. Okay. The Group 1 Golden Girl takes place on Saturday night as well. Representing your stable is Yolanta. She's got Gate 5. What was the initial thought with that draw? Um, I think it makes it really hard with, um, you know, the Purden stable mates drawn, drawn inside with the good draws. So, um, and there doesn't look to be, to be uh, an awful lot of speed. I, I know we can look at that sometimes and then it plays out the other way. But, um, yeah, so she, she's probably got a draw that on paper doesn't look that bad. But um, I sort of feel that, that we sort of could be in no man's land also. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting first uh, 100 or 200 in that race to, to see what happens and see where we land. Her recent form looks really good. That last start, third, very encouraging. Yeah, look, she's been fantastic, um, you know, most of this year. Um, we we had a setback at uh, the start of her three-year-old year where she had to have a, a couple of screws put in a, in a near-side fetlock um, with a little hairline fracture. So it probably took her a little bit to get back to her form. And um, in saying that, she's still only a young man. She's only four. So she's probably, um, I think, with her and Spellbound, one of the um, lightest race uh, mares in the race. So she's probably, compared to a few of the mares in the, this race, got got the next few years ahead of her. So um, to be stepping up into these, these Group 1 mares races already is, uh, is a good step in the right direction, uh, whatever the result is on Saturday night. Okay. Well, she certainly looks like she's got a hope. There's no doubt about it, Yolanda. So three runners. Is there a, le a leaning one over the other? Is it Barroom Banner because of his good draw? Yeah, I think so. I think, um, yeah, with, with the good draw, and uh, he's probably the the one that, um, you know, we we sort of ideally set the trip for, and, and the other two were in good form and, and came along for the ride with him. So, um, yeah, I'd probably lean to, towards Barry and Banner for sure. Awesome. Great to have you here in Queensland, Mick. Looking forward to seeing you trackside on Saturday night. Appreciate the time. Beauty. Thanks, Chris. Cheers, mate. There's Mick Stanley joining us. So we go from one Victorian to another because the next guest that's about to join us online is a part of the ownership group that races Humble Lad, who's going to be one of the favourites in the big Group 1 trot final, the Darrell Alexander Trotting Championship final. He's made a clean sweep of the series so far, Humble Lad. He's part of the McCarthy stable. One of, one of the co-owners is Alex Ashwood, who's also based in Victoria, and he joins us now. Alex, appreciate the time. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. Humble lad, uh, this guy's been awesome so far throughout this series, winning both heats, and he goes up against Pink Alars, who's also unbeaten throughout the heat series. Yeah, he's been going terrific. Uh, Luke and Belinda's done a great job since the horse arrived in Queensland, and, yeah, he's in good form, and hopefully it continues um, on Saturday night. I'm tipping it doesn't surprise you that he's been able to achieve what he's achieved so far, winning both of his heats, because... Prior to coming to Queensland for this series, you had him down there in a Victoria, gave him a couple of trials, and just looking back at those trial results, the sectionals that he was running, they were that was super impressive. Yeah, um, he, he had two quiet trials back at home. Um, a couple of sectionals on the way home, like especially his last quarters, they were in the low twenty sevens. So he's got a he's got a fair bit of speed under under his belt. Um, so he he's he's pretty versatile. Um, so, um, yeah, he, he, he's a more than that capable horse going through his grades, I think. 
And, and talking about that versatility, uh, he had that tough trip in that first round heat where probably Luke, you know, had to overdrive him a little bit because they went hard in that uh, stage when he was making his move. And then last week he was able to drive him for that speed. So he's got a few strings to his bow, which is going to be important going into this final on Saturday night with the big field back over the longer journey. Yeah, 100%. Um, we all know how good Deep Villars is, so, um, and she's pretty uh, pretty one-dimensional, just, just real real sharp, got a good slippery last 400 and real sharp. So if Luke can get a gap between her and um, Pink Villars, um, it's going to make her job a lot harder to run uh, Humble Light down, I think. You're both starting off 20 metres, Humble Lad, Pink <coughs> Villars, so you're going to know where each other land soon after the start. Yeah, the start's going to be very important. Um, so if Humble Lad steps how he's been stepping, he's going to be a couple of spots in front of um, Pink Lars. She she begins safe, but not overly quick. So hopefully um, that edges us in, in a, a bit more of a forward position than Pink Lars. There's a school of thought coming from Victoria that, you know, these hard runs for Pink Galaz may be starting to take the edge off her a little bit. She's had the three weeks in a row now. She had that start down in Victoria before coming up and she's gone back-to-back -back throughout this series. Um, how do you think that's going to play out? Do, do you sort of buy into that uh, theory that maybe these uh, these hard runs are starting to take their toll or do you still think that she's the horse to beat? I still think she's the horse to beat, Um even though the stand, just going by the standing cut start conditions down here, like last week, she done a marvellous effort to win. Like it's not an easy task to win off 20 metres over the 2100 when they run in time up on the front end. So her run uh, last week was probably better than the week before, to be honest. Um, everyone's saying that she was getting a bit tight on the line, but saying that if you clock a lead time in the first half, it would be off off the charts. So um, all credit to Maddie; he does a terrific job and he always has his horses speaking for these sort of races, so she's going to be most definitely hard to beat. And, but that being said, with your guy, Humble Lad, uh, this is only his third run this campaign, so there still might be a little bit more improvement to come. Yeah, there's, there's, I reckon uh, he's, there's a lot more improvement in Humble Lad compared to Pink Galaz. Um, when he was down at home, he was never fully wound up, and uh, when he went to Queensland, we had him underdone just because the trip up for one and and the series like it's a grueling series like it's um, to, to over the 2600 and to the 2100 and back to the 2600 in three weeks. Um, so we do want to get going up there 100% right. So we send him up there probably between 80% uh, to 85% fit. So hopefully he should be hitting his straps now and hopefully um, it pays off on Saturday night. Yeah, fingers crossed. Safely through Saturday night, does he back up next week in the Group 1 mobile event? More than likely. Um, just depends how he pulls up. Luke and Blinder can make that call, and then if they're happy how he pulls up, he'll be more than, more than likely go around. OK, and future plans, are you looking forward to having him back in Victoria and targeting some of those big trot races? Would the Inter-Dominion series at the end of the year be a, an obvious target for Humble Lad? Yeah, the, the, the reason why uh, Summit Bloodstock and myself brought him is because of the end of the Nims and the Trotters, the Trotters Cups down here in Victoria, just because he's so good from the stand. So he, he straight after the Queensland Carnival, would be straight straight back and have a little, uh, little spell and then straight back into it. All right. Well, plenty to look forward to. He looks a terrific chance on Saturday night in that Group 1 feature. Alex, really appreciate the time. Best of luck. 
Thank you. Fingers crossed. Thanks, Chris. There's Alex Ashwood, a great young horseman down there in Victoria, originally a Tasmanian, but he's now based in Victorian and uh, doing a really good job there as well. So he'll be cheering on humble lad. Let's keep talking about this trotting championship final on Saturday night, named in honour of a, uh, a great horseman in Daryl Alexander, a man that achieved so much not only in Tasmania but also in Queensland. And the Kiwi gold chain is certainly just poking along nicely. She's been placed in both of her heats, a first up third, and then last week she was a runner-up against humble lad. She starts off a 10-metre handicap on Saturday night. Her trainer driver is Bob Bunt, and he's online with us now. Bob, appreciate the time. No worries, mate. Are you happy with where Gold Chain's at ahead of the Group 1 final on Saturday night? Uh, rep with her, mate. Yeah, she's just had two nice runs um, without having a gut buster. So um, that was always sort of the plan, to have a lot of that during the heats. And um, sort of her fitness is um, pretty spot on now. All right. What about the fact that she goes back up in distance? Is that more to her liking, the 2,600 on Saturday night? Ah, uh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that that's, um, that's, should be right up early, hopefully. Hopefully there's just um, strong tempo, which no doubt there will be, and, um, and she can just get a nice poke along somewhere. All right. And you're happy the way she's trotting right now? She seems comfortable around Albion Park? Yeah, she actually, she uh, first start, she uh, wasn't um, that comfortable at all, but um, I just, I was sort of hoping um, that it was because it was her first run uh, for about five weeks and uh, I was just hoping she'd improve off it and um, what she did last week, she, she trotted great, so I couldn't be happier there. Okay. What about humble lad Pink Galaz? You've seen them over the past couple of weeks. Uh, are they the obvious horses to beat on Saturday night? Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, um, they're going great guns and um, they'll both be spot on as well. So um, they're definitely going to be hard to crack. But um, I don't think Miami is too inferior to them. Um, just hopefully we can get sort of a bit more luck than they do and um, that might be the telling at the finish. But obviously, like, there's a l <coughs> you can't disrespect all the locals either. I mean... Um, a lot of them are going great. Um, God of Thunder and um, Trent's horse that went super the other night, and the other ones aren't sort of far away either. So, yeah, it's obviously they're not easy to win these races. No, that's for sure. Uh, but this is part of the grand final for this campaign. You wanted to come over here and you're chasing that Group 1 sort of either victory or placing. So this is a, a great opportunity on Saturday night. And it just seems like that the campaign's just been building perfectly, like a, a nice little perfect storm, you could say. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully it pans out that way. It doesn't always, but like I say, um, like she, um, yeah, like I've just been wrapped with the way she's been building up, so um, hopefully she can put her best foot forward on Saturday. Okay. And she backs up next week under the mobile start conditions? Yeah, for sure. That's probably not going to be ideal for her. Like, um, that race won't suit her as much and with like Tough Monarch and that coming um, will obviously make it a lot harder but um, while well, we've got to have a go for it and hopefully yeah. she can get a nice draw or something you know but um, yeah th this week's sort of the main the main race that'll suit her best. Okay is there a cheer squad coming over to uh, you know get, get behind her? Nah well they were um, they were all going to come but um, 
just with COVID and that, just sure. it's just a little bit risky getting home. Because um, um, my partner, she actually came over with me for the first four days. She was going to um, go home after four days, and she got stuck here for three weeks. So um, it's just just a little bit touchy at the moment. Yeah, fair enough. Well, here's hoping that uh, you do have luck on your side on Saturday night. Uh, as I said, I think the campaign's just been building nicely and it's uh, hopefully her time to shine on Saturday night, Gold Chain. Bob, really appreciate the time. We'll see you trackside. Thanks, Chris. See you, mate. There's Bob Budd joining us. Uh, he is the trainer-driver of Gold Chain, and uh, I'm, I'm not selling her short. I still think she's got some sort of winning claims. I know humble lad Pinkalars have been excellent throughout the series, but uh, this Kiwi mare is well and truly in the mix, so we look forward to seeing uh, Gold Chain and that, that race in particular taking place on Saturday night. It's a wonderful program, no doubt about it. Sky uh, Racing, Brittany Graham, is going to be trackside again on Saturday night, bringing us all of the coverage, and she joins us online now. Britt, good morning. Morning, Chris. How are you? I'm really well. Last Saturday night, opening night was terrific, but would you agree with me, this meeting just overall looks probably a little stronger. Th this card of racing is outstanding on Saturday night. Yeah, it certainly is. It's a great card. And again, much like last week, I think the, the best thing about this carnival is the fact that so many age groups and basically every horse is catered for. And we're seeing that uh, right across the board again on Saturday night and I've been getting stuck into the form the last few days and to be honest the card's that strong and even as well if I go through the night and don't tip a winner it wouldn't surprise me because I'm racking my brain over a few of these races the, the Oaks and the Derby particularly the Derby I, I honestly think any horse could win that race so um, yeah it's going to be a tricky way home on Saturday night for the punters I think yeah, absolutely. I was asked the same question. They said, what's your best bet for Saturday night? And I kept looking at the meeting. I said, I can't give you one. It's that open and that hard. There looks like there's so many chances in each and every race. I couldn't label one. So we'll wait and see. We'll keep pouring over the form. Hopefully something comes up between now and then. Just on last week, the inaugural edition of the, uh, the uh, Rising Sun, it went the way of Amazing Dream. It was a great contest. Seeing those star horses just stretch right across the home straight there, it, it was a race to behold. It certainly was, and it really didn't work out the way anybody expected, did it, with Kowalski and Alice's obviously making that break. And then the lead time of 38, they go quicker lead times in maiden races at Albion Park. <laughs> so I don't think anybody could have really... Uh, you know, looked into the future and really taken what happened and been overly confident with it. But, uh, yeah, at our own uh, discretion, we sort of wrote off Amazing Dream, many of us, and she, yeah. uh, she, she, she let us know all about it as well. And that price, I know in hindsight it's easy to say, but how did she go around at that price? Yeah, exactly right. And now she's a chance of creating history. She did it last week, becoming the first winner of the Rising Sun. We've got a new Group 1 feature on Saturday night with the Garrard's Golden Girl, and she's the favourite. So she could complete the big double and, and really cement herself in the history pages. Yeah, certainly. And, and alongside that, obviously, historic victory last week, it was also the fact that she, you know, bumped up over the million dollars in prize money. So it had so many different uh, spheres to that that win but yeah on Saturday night it's interesting isn't it and she's been really heavily backed tab I think she went up at around even money and she's been straight into 160 we see the scratching today of rock and roll angel which gives Pelosi a start in the race Nathan Dawson's jumping aboard Pelosi on Saturday night so an aggressive driver there so it'll be interesting to see the speed map and how that changes 
Maybe, maybe not at all with that uh, extra runner to her inside. Amazing dream. But her mile record isn't great. Uh, so it'll be interesting. I think she's had eight starts at the mile and the only time she's been able to get the victory was when she won that Mayor's qualifier on her, her last trip to Queensland last time round. So it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. I don't think she's passed the post, but plenty do think that's the case. Yeah, it's going to be a fascinating race, no doubt about it. But Nathan Purden looks like he's got the whip hand there. We're spellbound in one, an amazing dream in gate number four. A lot has been said, and I'm sure a lot is going to be said in the lead-up to the Sunshine Sprint on Saturday night, this iconic race for Queensland. Uh, it's a real speed test, and we've got a real contest here on Saturday night with King of Swing, the reigning Grand Circuit champion, facing an almighty challenge, the outside of the second row. Hasn't that really flipped this race now, the fact that he's got to overcome the extreme outside of the second row? Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't matter what sort of race it is. That sort of uh, draw is so incredibly hard to overcome, particularly at the mile. So he's going to have to be really good on Saturday night to win King of Swing. He does follow out Ultra Orlando at the start, who is a quick beginner. So maybe uh, that's an option for him. But that first quarter, it could be... Uh, something off the charts. I don't think I've ever seen a, a quicker front line at Albion Park. Of the seven runners across the front, probably five of them in any other race would, would be your easy leader to put down in your speed map. But yeah, Saturday night, I'm not sure I'm with Turn It Up to lead. What about yourself, Chris? Have you got a definitive answer there? Well, I don't have a definitive answer, but I'm with you. I think Turn It Up, uh, you know, just that gate speed that he possesses. And Drawing out wide, I know it's a disadvantage when you look at it on paper, but maybe it might just be a little bit of an advantage where you can sort of get that slingshot sort of motion going off the arm at the start. So I think he might be able to get across. But, you know, bright energy's quick, crunch time's quick, Alter Orlando's quick. So, yeah, I think it's going to be, uh, you know, high stakes going into that first quarter. Yeah, absolutely. And even copy that, like, I've sort of written him off in terms of that, initial early speed burn but he's got amazing gate speed as well maybe those down lower slightly disadvantaged drawing side by side and just having the fact that they're going to sort of be like sardines to that first turn so mm. uh, yeah, I'm hoping turn it up out wide on his lonesome he'll be able to have that space to work with and I think he's over the odds at the moment he's my on top tip which might surprise oh, a really? few but I saw yeah. $18 and I thought that was too good to be true. Well I was just about to say I think Numerically, his form line doesn't read all that good, 7927, but I was about to say he's actually going a whole lot better than what those numbers read. Yeah, and if you watch that Wandai's mate back again, he worked through from the second row uh, when they were running along. So he had the second row to overcome. He did plenty of work in the first 400 metres, and then he went to the line absolutely bolting. Shane Graham really had his hands full. So if he'd got some clear open air, who knows where he might have finished off. And he's obviously a horse who has his battles when it comes to soundness issues. But at the moment, it seems like his campaign's gone perfectly and he's building up really well. So, yeah, I'm hoping for a local victory. We'll see if that transpires. OK, uh, punters, uh, there you go. There's a good tip from Brittany. Turn it up, $18 for the Sunshine Sprint with Tab right now on Saturday night. Was there anything else on that card that stood out for you? Yeah, as you mentioned, it's really hard to find a best bet. And maybe um, I, I'm yet to get into those last few races, races 8, 9 and 10, and maybe something else will bob up there in the next few days. But at this stage, I'm actually really confident of the chances of Spellbound. I think that her run last week wasn't as bad as 
um, a fewer are giving it credit for. Her run prior to that was super. And she showed a lot of gate speed last week. She lobbed the 1-1 trail on Scarlet Babe early without even being asked for an effort. And she's just got the options from the one gate. But, um, yeah, there could be a fly in the ointment in that race, I think. And Scarlet Babe drawing six, I know that... It looks a poor draw on paper, but I also thought her run was quite okay last week. And we know that she's probably not a mare that handles that last bend overly well when she's out wide. So we've seen gate speed from her. Maybe she's a forgotten horse when it comes to those speed maps. Okay, well, there's plenty to look forward to. You'll provide all of the latest information trackside on Saturday night at Albion Park. Really appreciate the time this morning. We'll see you on Saturday night. Thanks, Chris. There's uh, Sky Channel's Brittany Graham joining us. So uh, she'll be trackside again on Saturday night for 9-2. Plenty of info will be coming our way. So make sure you tune in to uh, Sky Racing, Sky Racing 1 and the Sky Racing Active app as well. Gloucester Park. We always go racing at Gloucester Park on a Friday night. We had to wait last week. It was put back from Friday night to Sunday night. But we got there eventually. And the Group 1 Golden Slipper was run and won. Tricky Mickey coming out on top. Maddie Young joins us. Maddie. Uh, Justin Prentice, he, he just keeps doing the job. He is a, a gun young horseman. Absolutely right, Chris. Good morning to you and the listeners. Um, yeah, he's, we've spoken about it many times. He's uh, not afraid to jump on and uh, in the big races, and he just keeps winning them. So, uh, yeah, for someone who doesn't drive very often, he definitely knows how to get the job done. <laughs> you can say that again. Uh, he's a, a gifted young horseman, no doubt about it, and he's building a really good team as well at the moment. There's there's plenty of strike power within that team of his. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, a lot of really talented horses, and uh, for a season where a lot of the two-year-olds have been, it's been a pretty even sort of lineup. Uh, Tricky Mickey has really started to step out in the last. Uh, probably six weeks um, since having his first start and to go on and win the Golden Slipper uh, just shows that in a rather inexperienced career so far, he's going to develop into a really smart horse. And once again, that boom side, always be Mickey, who's doing such wonderful things in Australia in uh, his early progeny. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Nine races tomorrow night at Gloucester Park. A couple of the features include the Group 3 Shandon and the listed Botra Cup. What's the standout bet on the program? I thought uh, there are a few good uh, races to bet into, but I think the best bet comes up in race five, number one, Queen Shenandoah. Uh, this horse has got really good gate speed. She's been pretty unlucky as of late, having to come from off the speed and sort of breaking the clock to uh, making ground into the race to run into placings. She's got the speed to lead. She's drawn one. Doesn't appear to be a great deal of pressure in the race, and I think she'll be able to go the distance in the fifth. So race five, number one, Queen Shenandoah looks the goods for Friday's meeting. Perfect. Race five, number one, Queen Shenandoah. Matty, as always, really appreciate the time. We'll be chatting next week. Cheers, Chris. Thank you.